Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com slash careers. That's opcpest.com slash careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. It's time for the Victory Formation Sports Show, right here on 93.9 The Ville. Bringing you all things Louisville and everything in between. We've got a Louisville a legend, the greatest player to ever play for the University of Louisville. Mr. Daryl Griffith Sr. Griff, how's it going, sir? Good, man. We got a special guest in the building today. He is Mr. Peyton Siva. Siva, how's it going, sir? I'm good, man. Thank you guys for having me today. We've got two very special guests with me right now. We've got Trenton Flowers and his father, Travis Flowers. How are you doing, gentlemen? Good. I'm doing amazing. With the passion for sports meets the airwaves. We've got a lot to discuss. Name me the five coaches in the ACC better than Jeff Brown. That is why you brought in KB. And so, when you only win four games, it's going to be interesting to see how all of this plays out. Give the show a call at 502-8150-939. Now, here's your host, Jeff Lightsey Jr. Yes, yes, yes. We are coming in again once again on another Saturday. This is the Victor Formation Sports Show. Thank you, thank you, thank you all for tuning in. My name is Jeff Lightsey Jr. We got Jeff Houston and James Black in the booth. Thank you all for tuning in as you do each and every single Saturday. Oh my gosh, there is so much to talk about since the last time I talked to you guys as well. I talked to some of you yesterday on Mark Ennis. Thank you to Mark Ennis for having me on 3 to 6 yesterday. But this week... In the last week since we've done this show, Lamar Jackson has lost a playoff game. There has been a revolt on the internet for Chris Beard to be the next head coach against Louisville. And then I heard some guys on these here airwaves talk about who is and isn't a top five coach in college football. We're going to cover all of that stuff today on this morning show. But I will have to start the show with what took place last week. Because last week when I was on here, I was giving you the game plan. And I gave you the layout. I let you know this will be how Lamar Jackson will punch his ticket to his first Super Bowl. This will be the time before we actually get to see the resurgence, the emergence of Lamar Jackson as one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL as a guy that will participate in the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. And as we have found out that some things are just inevitable. (laughs) And right now, that's Patrick Mahomes. Right now, that is Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. But it's not just them. It is the fact that the Ravens gave that game away. Yes, I will say it. Mahomes, Kelsey, Andy Reid, the Chiefs defense, all of these things are great. But the Ravens gave that game away. On several occasions, they gave that game away. First, the game plan from the jump. To run the ball six times with running backs is giving the game away. To run the ball six times with running backs is giving the game away. You are the number one rushing offense in the NFL. How do you only have six carries for your running backs? Gus Edwards in those six carries was averaging six yards or five yards a pop. 
and you played more Justice Hill versus Gus Edwards. You know what that says? That says you were scared. You came into the game scared of Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Andy Reid and the Chiefs. You came into it scared. And that's, I mean, that's not okay. Because Mahomes and the Chiefs scare a lot of people. I mean, just, oh, I mean, they're in their fourth Super Bowl in five years. They have scared a lot of people over the last six years. Since the Mahomes era started six years ago, he's been to six AFC championship games and four Super Bowls. Six AFC championship games, four Super Bowls, and he's looking for his third win. So just hearing that on paper, you're like, oh, Jeff, that makes sense for them to be scared. But if you watch the Ravens this year, you understand why they shouldn't have been scared. Because even though Mahomes and Kelsey came out and lit you up in the beginning, right? You were playing a lot of zone. Cal Hamilton got beat one time. Well, just a great throw and a great catch for Kelsey on the touchdown. You're playing a lot of zone. Kelsey was finding the holes in the zone. And he had they went 11 throws at Kelsey and it was 11 catches, right? But in the second half, you held them to zero. You held them to zero points in the second half. The problem is you couldn't score. Why couldn't you score? One, the Chiefs' defense is good. They're they're good. But they gave up over 150 yards to Buffalo the week before. The Dolphins had success on the ground. But somehow, someway, and even when the Ravens decided to run the ball, whether it was with Lamar or with Gus Edwards or occasionally with Justice Hill, you had success. Why did you go away from it? Well, you went away from it, like I said, because you were scared. Because the threat of the Chiefs, the Chiefs came out and scored very quickly. The Chiefs came out and looked like the Chiefs on offense. And then all they had to do was watch you play conservatively. The game plan was atrocious. The game plan was atrocious. Mike McDonald, the defensive coordinator, made his proper adjustments in the second half. He made things happen. He made sure, like, hey, you know, this zone stuff ain't working. Hey, letting Kelsey just get off and run whatever route he wants to run, uh, it's probably not the best idea. So how about we, you know, knuckle up, Cal, do your thing, and we tighten up and we give up zero points in the second half because we have the MVP of the league and we should be able to score points in the second half with the MVP of the league. That's not what happened. It's not what happened, man. And it really, 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 really made me mad because unlike the Chiefs (laughs) and even the 49ers at this point, these type of situations just don't line up like this every single year. I mean, if you're a Ravens fan, if you're a Lamar fan, you understand that whether it's injuries, whether it's, you know, bad luck, whatever, you don't get these prime opportunities where you're pretty much healthy, right? The Ravens were pretty healthy in that game you're getting a team in the Chiefs it is the Chiefs but they aren't scaring anyone like they used to on offense you held them to 17 points and you have the MVP of the league healthy with essentially everybody back Mark Andrews is back all of your guys are ready to go Bateman Zay Flowers whoever he only you only managed to score 10 points and you're playing a home game you're at home you're at the bank you're playing a home game and you only managed to score 10 points? It doesn't matter if it was the strip sack on Lamar where Rashad Bateman is running wide open. It doesn't matter if it's Lamar kind of underthrowing Zay Flowers. He gets tackled and gets a penalty. That Instead of scoring on that play, he gets a penalty, backs him up, and then that's when the fumble happens in the end zone and the Chiefs recover. All of the things that could go wrong went wrong. But part of it was because of the game plan and now like I said everything isn't always perfect because now 
who a lot of people feel like is the best coach on your coaching staff, Mike McDonald, your defense coordinator that had your defense lead the league in sacks, takeaways, and points per game, at the number one defense in the in the National Football League, led by Mike McDonald, sacks, takeaways, and points per game. He's now the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. And now he's picking guys off your coaching staff. He's the he's the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. Your secondary coach is now his defensive coordinator. And now, next year, albeit you'll still have Lamar, he's under contract, you'll still have these guys, Zay Flowers should be better, a year older, all this thing, all these things. But there's no guarantee that you will be able to make another run like this. You would hope so with Lamar Jackson uh, still being in his prime, being under contract, et cetera, et cetera. But there's no guarantee that you'll be able to just get back. What the Chiefs are doing is unprecedented. Six straight AFC Championship games, four Super Bowls in the last five years. Like, that's unprecedented. That's not normal. And if they win the Super Bowl, three Super Bowls in five years, that's a dynasty. That's that's uncommon. But the problem is Lamar's prime is dead smack, dead in the middle of, of Patrick Mahomes' prime. Like, the prime is literally in, in conjunction at the same time. And now Lamar is collecting hardware, regular season hardware, but Mahomes has already got two of them things, and he's looking to get his third. And I and I think he'll get his third. I think. We'll get to more Super Bowl talk next week. But I think he'll get his third. And that's tough, man. Like, that's just, that's just tough. And you got to think, in your division, you have the Steelers who never go under 500. Now, they got to fix their quarterback situation on their own, but they never go under 500. You have Cleveland who made the playoffs. Now, they got to fix their quarterback situation too with Joe Flacco and Deshaun Watson and what's going on there. But they won 11 games. That's just in your division. And then lastly, you have Joe Burrow who was in the Super Bowl two years ago. Joe Burrow, when he's healthy, people feel like he's a top three quarterback in the league. Some feel like he's number two. Some argued for him to be number one. But when he's healthy, he's in your division as well. So it's not going to be easier moving forward. It's not going to. And all of these guys are under contract. Burrow's under contract. Steelers got to. They have still have Mike Tomlin. He's never had a losing season. And then the Cleveland Browns look like they've got their act together. They just got to figure out what they're going to do with their quarterback situation. But you get what I'm saying? Like this was the year. This was the year. And there were several things. We've talked about a few, but several things that just kind of puzzled me. Obviously, the six runs by the running back puzzled me. The zone early puzzled me as Kelsey was getting off, but you got that corrected. What also puzzled me was the lack of running by Lamar. Why? Did he seem hesitant to take off? Did he seem hesitant to use his legs? You know who wasn't hesitant to lose use their legs? Patrick Mahomes! <laughs> like Mahomes and Brock Purdy. They, they was using their legs all game. Brock Purdy finished with like 60 yards rushing. Lamar, it looked like he had clear running lanes, and we know how dynamic and elusive and how hard it is to get him on the ground when he's when he's out on the move. Just seemed hesitant. Seemed like he didn't want to do it. Seemed like it, it was an inconvenience for him to run. And when he actually did run the design quarterback run, he picked up 25 yards on a fourth and three. It looks like he could have pulled away from LeJarrius Need. Maybe. I don't know. He kind of looked back the whole time. Maybe if he looked straight at... You know what I'm saying? Like, ah! 
It makes me mad because it's like, ah. Uh. Now the coaching staff didn't do him any favors. Todd Munkin calling 37 drop back, you know, 37 pass attempts for a game you only lost by seven points for a game that never you were never down by more than 10 points is unacceptable. 37 drop back attempts with only six carries by the running backs for a game that you were never down more than 10 points is unacceptable. It's almost like coaching malpractice. Jeff's letting me know. Jim Harbaugh's poaching off that Raven staff too. Yeah, since Harbaugh, another Harbaugh is in the is in the league, so he's poaching off that Raven staff. So this Raven staff won't be the same. Oh my God, this was the year, guys. This was the year. Now you, I mean, the NFL is tough, man, and it's an unforgiving league. And the thing about and see the out of out of everything. With the Ravens losing, out of everything that hurt me the most is I knew what the narrative would be on Lamar Jackson if he lost that game, especially losing the game the way that he did. Only scoring 10 points, not looking crisp or accurate, fumbling, throwing a bad interception. I knew I knew it. As soon as the clock hit zero and the Chiefs were headed to the Super Bowl, I knew what the narratives were going to be. Can you win with Lamar Jackson? That style can't win in the NFL. He needs to be more of a passer. See, we told you guys if you make him throw the ball, because he threw it 37 times and they had 10 points. We told you guys if you make him a pocket passer and you make him throw the ball, then he cannot win. And you know what? You can't even argue with these people. <laughs> like, uh, I'm a realist. You can't even argue with them right now, because you know what? I was kind of thinking the same damn thing that game. I'm like, bro, what is going on? What is going on? Yeah, you should use your legs. You know, it still work. And it's hard because for another football season, Mars going to win MVP this next week, right? The NFL honors is like this week sometime. He's going to win his second MVP before his 27th birthday. He is a stud. He is a Hall of Famer, literally. Whether you want to believe he is or not, he is a Hall of Famer already. Your favorite quarterback don't got two MVPs unless his name is Patrick Mahomes. You're like, your favorite quarterback under 30 doesn't have two MVPs besides Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. So Lamar Jackson is a is a HOFer. Maybe some of your favorite quarterbacks of all time don't have two MVPs and the ones that are in the Hall of Fame. So yeah, Lamar Jackson, he's getting that gold jacket. The problem is the narratives against Lamar get to live another day get to live another year because now because he is so dynamic because he has essentially everything that you can win in the regular season division titles mvps uh best record in the nfls bye weeks during the playoffs etc etc he, he's done everything that you can do regular season wise nobody's going to care about his regular season he can go 14 and 3 uh, 13 and 4 12 and 5 win another division title go first place in the afc and nobody is going to care Nobody's going to care. Even as tough as that division is, nobody's going to care about anything Lamar Jackson does in the regular season until he is able to have that playoff success. That's it. Until he is able to have that playoff success, nobody cares about what he does in the regular season anymore. Honestly, they might even discredit it. They might even moving forward. They might. They're definitely going to try to discredit this MVP. But if he ends up winning another win or doing anything great or spectacular, moving forward, first team All Pro, Pro Bowl or whatever, they're going to discredit it until he's able to at least make it to the Super Bowl. And what's crazy is this don't happen to other guys. You know who I'm talking about. This don't happen to Josh Allen. 
Josh Allen ain't won no MVPs, no first-team All-Pros, no Super Bowls. But Josh Allen, after he lost to Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs, he got talked about for a whole week straight. Joe Burrow, he's been to the Super Bowl, but he ain't got no MVPs. He, he's, he's had two season-ending injuries in his five-year career. No MVPs. Yeah, he's been to a Super Bowl and no first-team All-Pros. But people still love Joe Burrow. Because Joe Burrow, definitely Joe Burrow, and even a lot of Josh Allen's traits reminds them of the good old days. Man, the good old days. Those guys are big. Josh Allen about 6'6", 6'5", 240. Now, he, his, his play is a little different, but he looks like built and size and, you know, mannerisms. Reminds people of the quarterbacks of the old days, the Peyton Mannings and the Tom Brady's and the Dan Marino's, big, strong guys. Josh, and then Josh, you know, Josh got a little wiggle. You know, Josh can give you a little. But Josh ain't did what Lamar's done. But we don't, we don't talk about Josh Allen in the same light as we talk about Lamar Jackson, even though they were in the same draft class and Josh got drafted higher than Lamar and Josh was – to some people, the more of a sure thing than Lamar. Mel Kuyper said Josh Allen was the best quarterback prospect in that draft class. And, you know, but we don't talk about him the same way we talk about Lamar. Now, Joe Burrow, he's not as big as Josh, but, you know, once again, more of those same traits. Pocket passer, accurate, smart, leader, franchise guy, turned around the Cincinnati Bengals. But Joe Burrow gets hurt a lot. Joe Burrow has had, literally had two in his five-year career, two season-ending injuries. Two of them. Doesn't seem to bother anybody. Lamar Jackson hasn't had those season-ending injuries. Has won two MVPs. But he looks different. He carries himself different. Hangs out with Kodak Black. You know what I'm saying? Or, or ski mask into the game. You know what I'm saying? And it bothers some folks. And the only way to shut up those folks, those critics, you got to go out there and win. Got to go out there and execute. It just, it, it, it'll never be the same for him as it is for other folks. The unfortunate thing about him is that he just happened to be born during the time Patrick Mahomes was born. <laughs> he just happened to have a birthday that's really close to Patrick Mahomes. And Patrick Mahomes happened to get drafted by the Kansas City Chiefs, who already had Travis Kelsey and at the time Tyree Kill and Andy Reid as the coach. They traded up, what, 17 spots to come up to number 10 in the draft and get a guy who a lot of people thought was a project, and he ended up being one of the greatest talents at quarterback we've ever seen. It's not fun. <laughs> and now they have a defense. You know, the first few years of the Chiefs, the, the Chiefs didn't have had the one of the worst defenses in the league. They traded away Tyree Kill to get a bunch of picks, and they spent all those picks on the defensive side of the ball. First-round pick in George Kalafalis, who played for Jeff Brown, by the way, at Purdue. He's making plays. First-round pick, Trent McDuffie. He's first-team All-Pro. Fourth-round pick on LeJarrius Sneed. He's the one who punched the ball out on Zay Flowers. He's a dog. Eric Reed. Late-round pick on Eric Reed. Came from Cincinnati via Howard. He makes plays. And I can go on and on. And, I mean, I, ugh, it, just, it just makes me sick, guys. Like, just to know that you, when you're so close to something and just know to have it snatched away from you, and to have it snatched away by, like, a worthy opponent. Don't get it twisted. The Chiefs are inevitable at this point. 
Like they are the truth. Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift or not, dudes is a baller. <laughs> hey, like dudes is a baller. Mahomes, Andy Reid, guys, they just know what to do. They didn't sweat. They didn't stress. They made the plays when they needed to make. They only scored 17 points. And at the end of the game, they needed one first down to make to, to ice the game. They don't they don't call this conservative plays, conservative run play. They don't call some kind of rinky dink play or like gimmicky play to try to get the Ravens. No, they just lined up. Patrick Mahomes dropped back and hit Marquez Valdez Scantling on, on on a deep route. We've got we've got Blandon on line one. Blandon, what's going on, buddy? Hey, good morning, sir. How are you today, my friend? Hey, I'm doing fine, man. Thanks for calling in. Hey, buddy, I want to tell you, I really enjoy your show. I've been wanting to call you for a couple of weeks, and uh, you kind of hit a nerve with me just now, and I wanted to tell you, um, I, can't, I can't agree with you anymore. You're, to me, you're a million percent right, and I think, it's, uh, I think Lamar Jackson has been treated very unfair with most media and most so-called experts. And the one that really upset me was Stephen A. Smith the next day after the game. Oh, yeah. Uh, was how he got on there, and, and a guy like that, makes a living running his mouth at people, and I promise you, Stephen A. Smith couldn't play a radio when he was a young man, much less a sport. <laughs> and, but, but the thing is, it's so upsetting is, he's the first to throw stones in a glass house. You know what I mean? Yes. But I did want to say something, my friend, on the topic of Lamar. I've never watched a game in all my life where I thought a coach put one of his players in a position not to succeed. Mm. And to me... All great coaches, their number one priority in any sport from T-ball to NFL football is to put all your players in a position to succeed. And and I thought in that game that, that Harbaugh failed him. I thought his game plan, how in the hell can you explain to me to run the football that last time when they were doing so well up to that game? I don't yes. get it. Yeah, no, Blandon, I appreciate your call, man. No, it, you're exactly right. Todd Munkin and John Harbaugh got to wear this. Now, Lamar's got to wear and Lamar's going to wear most of it because he is the uber talent, right? He is the two-time MVP. He is the franchise quarterback. And when you when you when teams fail in playoff games, especially low-scoring playoff games, the the blame is going to go on the $200 million quarterback. I mean, that's just how it works. Like you you y'all saw how Dak got taken, you know, got you know, taken to the the, to the woodshed over his performance. Anytime your quarterback is the, the $50 million, $40 million guy and you compare him to the other $50 million, $40 million guys, you're going to get berated, undressed on camera, as they call it. Like somebody's going to try to embarrass you, especially when they have, and they don't get that many times. You don't get too often to try to embarrass Lamar Jackson. But when you do, you you try to, and when he gives you an opportunity, whether it's because of John Harbaugh, Todd Munkin, or whoever, they're going to try to do that. We're going to take a break. After the break, we've got to talk about our game that we have today. Louisville basketball plays Florida State. Also want to talk about Jeff Brom. He's hitting the recruiting trail very hard. Was Spent a lot of time in South Florida this week. Came back to Kentucky, and they picked up a commitment just yesterday. You're listening to the Victory Formation Sports Show right here on 93.9 The Ville. Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. 
to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. Yeah, come on. Love my girl. She looking good. Come on. Welcome back, welcome back. Hey, James, so I had you play that. Now, you know I'm big into samples. Do you know where that song, By the Doors, that's door, that song is called Five to One by the Doors. Do you know who sampled that song and where it came yeah, from? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I don't, but listening to it, I can take a guess. That's got to be uh, Jay-Z. Okay. Yeah, are you, you uh, on to something? Oh, don't tell me. Well, I can't think of it, but you know what I'm talking about. Okay, Joe, it looks like Jeff might know what it is. Hold on, Jeff, Houston, what you got? The takeover, <laughs> the weights over, yeah, yeah. ROC, me, J-Ho. Okay, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. But that's where it came from. And like, I'm, you know, guys know I love samples. And so when I heard that, I was like, yo, how did it produce none other by Kanye West himself? So shout out to Ye for finding that. The diss track. Yeah, the diss track, <laughs> the takeover. One of the best, one of the most slept on diss tracks, by the way, in rap music. Because it's not as... Uh, not as loud as Ether's when he was going at it with 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 Nas. Now Ether is still Ether. Now let's not get it twisted. It is what it is. But at the same time, the takeover a slept on diss track by none other than Jehovah Jay Z. Now speaking of Jay Z, he's got connections. The Rock connection with. Louisville basketball. They play a lot of Jay-Z over at the Yum Center. They're on the road today against Florida State. 8 p.m. tip-off against the Seminoles. Before we get into that, I do want to read some of your text, though, because I think some of your text still has to deal with Lamar Jackson. Texter says, uh, been saying it for a while. Lamar should have gone to the Bucks. Perfect situation for him and closer to home. I don't know how he would have went to the Bucks uh, because you remember when Lamar was hit with the franchise tag last offseason before he signed his contract, everybody kept saying they didn't want him. You know, the, the, my goofy team, the Raiders, came out and the Falcons came out and a bunch of teams that their coaches got fired. Falcons coach fired, Carolina Panthers coach fired, the Raiders coach fired. Everybody, everybody that said they didn't want Lamar, coach ended up getting fired, by the way. So that was stupid. Uh, let me read another text. It says, uh, word is DJ Wagner has scrubbed his ex of anything UK. Uh, I say now that's something to note, but don't buy too much into what 18 year olds do. <laughs> I've learned that like you can like 18 year olds tell you a lot and tell you nothing all at the same time. So don't buy too much into that. DJ Wagner uh, for Kentucky right now is hurt, and but he was pretty active and pretty turnt on the bench this week when they lost to Florida. So don't buy too much into what his social media postings are doing. 3831-939 is the text UPS Jobs text line. 3831-939 if you want to text in. If you want to call in like Blandon, 8150-939 is the call in number. 8150-939 is 
is the call-in number. Now, we're talking about Louisville basketball. Well, actually, I said at Florida State. It's here at the Yum Center. They play tonight, 8 o'clock against Florida State. Uh, Florida State comes into the game 12-8 and eight on the year. They haven't had their best season under Lim- Leonard Hamilton, but they're still Florida State. They still have big, strong, athletic guys, and they've been playing better recently, right? They, they gave uh, North Carolina all they, they could handle. They played like they have a style of basketball that translates very well during conference play, and they always have like some NBA guy on their team, right? They always have NBA athletes. Uh, Jonathan Isaac, Dwayne Bacon, uh, Patrick Williams. There's always some Scotty Barnes. There's always some kind of NBA player that that creeps on these Florida State rosters that, you know, whether we know them or don't, they end up being first-round picks, high-round draft picks. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they – I haven't watched a lot of Florida State this year, but I wouldn't be surprised if they had some type of NBA athlete on their team this year. But the thing about Louisville – is that right now we don't even know who's going to play. Uh, the last check, Kenny Payne spoke this week uh, for his media availability, and he said Hersey Miller still out of town getting medical consultation, which I don't know. Like I feel like we got pretty good doctors here in Louisville. seems like everybody that gets something wrong with them, they have to go out of town for medical consultation. And I don't want to bag on Hersey, but this isn't the first time this has happened to him. I kind of been able followed Hersey Miller's career. Did the same thing when he was at TSU, had to go out of town for medical consultation. He ended up leaving. Ended up leaving there to go to Xavier. Didn't stay at Xavier very long. Ended up at Louisville. That's just a little backstory. Regardless. He's out of town getting medical consultation. We remember Sky Clark had to leave the last game. He had to leave our last game after getting hit. He never returned. They had they said uh, just evaluating for him for concussion and concussion type symptoms. And so as of right now, it's a game time decision. And in our last game, Tyler Johnson didn't play at all, and he is also a game time decision. So we're looking at possibly not having. Whether you want to call guys point guards or not, possibly not having very many guards on the team. You remember we're down two guards from the jump because Karan Davis is no longer on the team and Trenton Flowers never, well, he made it to campus, but never played a game. So you're down two guards off the jump right there anyway. And now three more guards, Hersey not is out, Tyler possibly out, and Trey, both game time decisions, could all be out. That's not good. <laughs> that is not good because it once again allows people to bag on the roster mismanagement. Whether it was ever giving Karan Davis a scholarship, giving someone like Danilo a scholarship, not not getting the Trenton Flowers thing situated. Just all of it. Just all of it, it just bode, doesn't bode well for the cards going against a team in Florida State that wants to win because you have to continue to remember no matter what Louisville does in these second halves, you know, you're down 20, cut these leads to second to five or whatever, just like they did in the last game and the game before and the game before, like it is hard. It's just hard to be able to beat teams when, when you don't have players. <laughs> like, it's hard to even compete against teams when you don't have players, when your roster is is ravaged with injuries and you have open scholarships like think about that Louisville has two open scholarships now you have three players who can't play so you're essentially out of five players or scholarship players it's hard to win basketball games that way it's just hard it is very hard when you're down two scholarships two to nothing just because of whatever off the jump is tough then you're down 
three more guards, one a walk-on, but he plays, and or he started games this year, and two scholarship guards, it's hard to beat anybody. Now, you bode well in the second half against Clemson. You were down 20, you cut the lead to, what, four, and you end up only losing by six. But at the end of the day, we're in a results-based business. We're in a results-based business, and people are tired. I was on with Mark Ennis yesterday, and he said the next coach can't even say the word fight. I don't even want to hear the word fight. You better not even think the word fight because we done enough fighting. We ain't done enough winning. We did plenty of fighting, not enough winning. For some say we did too much fighting, and that's maybe why Karan Davis ain't here no more. But nonetheless, <laughs> we've done a whole lot of fighting and not enough winning. And that is what's led to all these coaching rumor talks and who you would like, who you want, who's going to be in here, who wants to coach, who doesn't want. Ah, I want to even hear none of that. But, you know, but because if you're going to do that, once you walk through that door, you got to do that for the next six weeks. It's not fun. It's not fun seeing guys. I mean, and the thing is, see, losing sucks on so many levels, right? This is why losing stinks and why losing just is horrible. And it's like this stench and this ugh, that you just can't get rid of. Because no matter what you do, unless you're winning, nobody cares. No matter, like you can be the great, the good Samaritan. You could be... Uh, like people would boo Jesus Christ if he didn't win. Like if he was the coach of your team and he didn't win. And when you lose and you lose at a historic pace, people are now looking for things to bother you and harass you. And it's not fair. It's not fair, but it's the truth. For example, I'm on Twitter last last night. Shout out to James. James Black uh, showed me this because I missed it. I ain't, you know, I'll be on these, I'll be in these Twitter streets a lot, but I don't, be finding everything and I don't be giving my energy towards everything but some people do some people do some people just don't care <laughs> like so I'm on James sends me this tweet and he's like look who's going back and forth with whoever and the original tweet I don't even know who the guy is I, I think he's a he's a betting he's a betting guy I think he comes on these airways I can't think of his name anyway but regardless this man went on Nolan Smith's personal website and saw that it hadn't been updated. It still said that he was an assistant coach at Duke, uh, and it still had, like, Duke colorways and Duke pictures, and, like, it just hadn't been updated. All right, now that is a minute thing. <laughs> like, like, Nolan Smith is an assistant coach at Louisville. We all know that. He's been that for two years. Like, him not updating his website over the last – they said 18 months, super minute, like super, super, super small. Who gives a damn? Like it's super small. I promise you it is. It doesn't matter anything. At him updating his profile ain't going to put 10 more wins on the board for Louisville. That's what I care about. See me, I just care about wins and law. I don't give a damn about where his website is because his website ain't helping us get no players, ain't giving us no more buckets, no more steals, no more wins, no more losses. It ain't doing nothing. But regardless, when you're losing, people are looking for ways to throw tomatoes at you. Tomato, tomato, tomato. They think, boo, get him up out of here. They're looking for ways. They're trying to find clauses to not to, to get you fired with, with cause. Like, they're doing stupid things, and it makes the fan base look like lunatics. But regardless, it all comes out when you're a loser. 
All the crazy stuff comes out when you're a loser. When you're winning extremely high, the crazy stuff comes out. And when you're losing extremely at an extremely alarming rate, the crazy stuff comes out. And so back to my story about this Nolan stuff. All right. Okay. So oof, I got to have to get that out because it, uh, it just bothers me because it makes us look like idiots. But let's keep going. So Nolan Smith's website hadn't been updated. No, now, you got to be in this business to kind of know how this stuff works. These guys, meaning head coaches, assistant coaches, they don't run that stuff. Like, that's not stuff that they run. If you think, like, head coaches and assistant coaches run everything on their Twitter accounts and everything on their social media accounts and everything on their websites, you're crazy. Some of them do. Now, some of them care a little bit because they're not that active on the stuff. But most of them don't care. Most of them don't run that stuff. So the person who happens to run Nolan's is his sister, Sydney. Shout out to Sid. So Sydney saw the man post like, oh, Nolan Smith hasn't updated his thing. He still says he's an Duke assistant. See, these are the problems with Kenny Payne and the staff and blah, 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 whatever. And you had a couple of people chiming in on it, whatever. Now I got to call out our boy, just Mr. Sofero. <laughs> now, this was actually pretty funny. This is funny. Sofro goes, well, there's no point of updating it now. He only got six weeks left. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> he said, ain't no point of updating. He's like, what you updating the resume for? I mean, you, you go get fired. <laughs> right or wrong, Justin Bravo. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty. That made me chuckle. That that did. That that made me chuckle because I thought that was funny. But Sid obviously didn't. Sid Nolan's sister didn't think that was funny. Uh, let's let me read some of the other tweets from the people here because uh, once you put it in a public in public out there, I get to talk about it. So Nolan stuff didn't update. So yeah, the best wager was the original tweet. And he, he tweeted, he says, wow, you learn something new every day over at NolanSmith2.com. And it shows that he hadn't updated his Duke stuff. There's still pictures with him and Coach K and said he was a Duke assistant. The best wager goes on to say, I feel like a bare minimum expectation of Louisville basketball coaches to change the website in his Twitter bio to him being a Louisville basketball coach rather than conference rival. But hey, who knows? Now, see, here's the thing, guys. Here's see here's why I don't like this type of stuff. Now this is no diss to him. If you take it as a diss, I don't care. But it's not a diss. But I'm just letting you know. See you you can't. And this is all what it comes down to losing. This is really it all comes down to losing basketball games, because when Nolan was actively on Twitter, you guys were like, you need to be in the gym. You need to be out on the trail recruiting. You need to be da 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 da. And so Nolan's not actively on Twitter because he's actively coaching and being a part of a season, whether you think he's working or not, he's working, right? And he's not paying attention to his social media. He's not paying attention to his website. And now it's like, you would think the least you could do is update the bio in your Twitter. Well, why the hell, if you hate Nolan so much, why are you on his Twitter page? Why are you on his website? Like if you hate Nolan and Kenny and these guys so much, you spending a whole lot, I ain't never, here's the thing about me, I ain't never, Spend unnecessary time on somebody I don't like. Never. Never. You think if I don't like somebody, I'm going to be stalking their Twitter page? I'm going to be going up and down. And they, I didn't even know Nolan had a website. I interviewed Nolan. I've talked to Nolan. I didn't even know he had a damn website. 
<laughs> I've been on Nolan's Twitter page. I didn't know his man had NolanSmith2.com. James, did you know? Like, have you ever been on Nolan's website? No, I didn't know. And I, sadly, I've been on there, but I didn't know. <laughs> I guess I didn't see it. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, you know, I, um, some of my favorite coaches were. I ain't never been on. I ain't never been on a coach's website ever. Like ever, I've been on coaches' Twitter page, maybe an Instagram page, a website. Like James, you have been on Rick Pitino's website. No, I have not. I mean, you haven't been on Chris Mack website. I have not I mean, been on coaches. And then worse than that, James, worse than that, Nolan, the assistant coach. <laughs> He's not even the head coach. He an assistant. I damn sure ain't even been on an assistant. You think I've ever been on Lieberman website? <laughs> Mick Cronin when he come on, bro. What are we talking about? Like, what are we talking about here? We we nitpicking websites? Like, this is stupid, guys. This is stupid. Ah, uh, being on an assistant coach's website. What you think I was scrolling? What Mike Pegues got on his website? <laughs> what uh, what David Padgett got on his website? Like, what? What? I get it. Nolan Smith is a name, right? He came into this job with a name unlike a Mike Pegues. Unlike, I don't know, unlike a, a Mark Lieberman. He's a name. He's a commodity. He's a Duke guy, too. I know it rubs some of you guys the wrong way. But let's be honest. Let's make one thing clear. Let's, let's be honest. Because you're saying, oh, conference, right? We ain't got no rivals. We lose some damn much. You gotta you gotta beat your rival to it for it to be a rival. If your rival is ten, if you played a rival ten times and they won ten all ten times, it ain't a rivalry. It's a it's a show up, uh, spanking and move along. It ain't no rivalry. So us and Duke ain't on the same playing field. Duke sending dudes to the league. Duke winning games. Duke's underachieving in some people's mind. It's not a rivalry. Let's just put that out there first. Until we win some more games, now you can blame that on Nolan. You can blame that on Kenny or whoever. But come on, man. We nitpicking websites. Websites of assistant coaches. This is why losing stinks, James. Like You got folks doing just absolute crazy people being crazy. And then I love some of these guys. Like I'm, I'm looking at up under these tweets. I, I know I know Ty Spalding. And we got Jason Ince and Sofero. But it's like, bro, like we nitpicking websites, man. Like, but this is what happens when you're lose when you're a loser. You uh, people just <laughs> people want to remove losers, so they're looking for anything, anything to lash out on. I didn't I didn't finish the the tweet thread, so let me keep going because this is funny. So he says uh, uh, the best wager says Louisville basketball coach rather a conference rival, but hey, who knows? You got our guy Ty Spalding says that would require attention to detail. Then Sid, and Sid was like, all right, I got time today. Sid goes, dang, excuse me, thanks for calling me out, been busy, this slipped my mind, but you're right, so I gave it a quick update since I'm home on the couch sick and it appears that this is this week's fan base complaint. Anything else I can do slash fix for y'all while I'm at it? And she updated it and put his Louisville pictures and said he's an assistant at Louisville, blah, 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 whatever. Then Jason Entz, you know, everybody had time yesterday. What was I doing? This was around four. Okay, so I was doing Mark Ennis' show. So at 426, Jason Entz says, maybe if you spent less time name searching and fighting on Twitter, it wouldn't have slipped your mind for 18 months. But that's just one person's opinion. Then Sid, like I said, Sid had time today. Sid said, never that bored. The stupid-ish y'all say just gets sent to me. Actually, I opened the business and running it plus another. So, yes, in 18 months, that was the last thing on my mind, mining the business that pays me. And I'm not lurking on dumb 
bleep, personal websites of coaches I don't like, which is true. I, I, but one one point for Sid on that one. <laughs> like one, one point for Sid, because I ain't going to lie. Y'all searching through Nolan Smith website seem like y'all the bored ones. <laughs> like, you seem like y'all the ones with too much time on your hands. Because once again, I ain't never, I ain't never went to a head coach website, let alone an assistant coach, especially of a, of assistant coach that I so-called don't like, or I think is gonna get fired. It's just not what I'm gonna be doing. Now. Back to Sofro. Now his tweet, once again, I said it was f- hilarious. He says, two years into this, I wouldn't change it for a six-week period, which is funny. And once again, it's funny. And Sid responded to Sofro and said, I mean, why not? Question mark. Folks still clearly checking for and complaining about it in these six weeks. So I thought I'd do it for good measure, which is very true. I don't know, man. This is why losing sucks. Like You got infighting. You got people just just doing stupid stuff, man. All of this is stupid. All, but all of this can be resolved by winning. And you play Florida State today. And I just spent more time on a Twitter fight than I actually did breaking down the game. This is how dreadful like these games are. I just spent more time on a Twitter interaction by the best wager, Sidney Smith, Nolan Smith website, Justin Sofro, Jason It's Like I spent more time on that than the actual game that is taking place tonight at the Yum Center at 8 o'clock. But you know why? Because one, I don't even know who's going to be playing. And two, even with the guys playing, I can kind of predict how the game is going to go. This is how this is how Louisville games have gone as of recent. I can tell you right now, you might start off okay, right? It might be like eight to seven. You might even have a lead early. Eight to seven, 10 to 12, something like that. Then the team you're going against goes on a big run on a, a couple or a couple of mini runs, whatever. They end up up by 20. Between 15 to 20, going into halftime. I mean, you might cut it a little bit in the halftime, so say you're down, let's call it 17 at halftime. And the second half, it's going to be middling around 17, and then you're going to go on a run and cut it to, let's let's call it five, but it never gets closer than five, and one of two things either happen. Once again, like I said, it either A, never gets closer than five, you get it to five, but never closer, you never take the lead, or B, the other team wakes up and they pushes it back out to like 14. You lose by 14, 14, 12 or something. And you like cover the spread or whatever for the for some people. That's all that matters. But you still end up with the same result. And that's an L in the, in the loss column. And that's why it's not fun. <laughs> like It's not fun to like break down what's happening. Because I, I, like now you're going to be watching this game tonight and you're going to be like, damn, he just told me how this is going to play out. This is a close game at the beginning. It's, and sometimes it's not a close game at the beginning. Sometimes they get down 12 nothing, and then you're like, oh, okay, well, we know how this is going to go. I mean, like Virginia, you're down 11 nothing before you can uh, sit down with your beer. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, this is, this is how it's going to work out. And that's not fun, man. That is not fun at all. Now, I told y'all I'm not doing coaching carousel talk. Oh, okay, we got, we got someone calling in. Jay, what's going on? What's on your mind, buddy? Hey, what's going on, man? What's happening? What's on your mind? Hey, so just kind of just kind of touching base on on the game tonight. I just was uh, wondering had they had they made any determination if you know Tyler or Sky was playing because I know like it's like virtually night and day on the type of team you know because I know just was looking it up last night and Florida State is top twenty five in turnovers for us and then you know. Uh, mm. The last game, you know, the team was, 
you know, they they were one of the lower ones in the ACC, and we still had a lot of turnovers. So, you know, a game like this with the length and then them forcing a lot of turnovers with, you know, without a point guard, even with the point guard. I mean, honestly, the way Florida State is not looking like the same as they was, you know, earlier in the year. But, you know, like without it, you know, even worse. But it's just, um, you know, one of them things where us not really having – a lot of ball handlers, mm-hmm. you know, could get ugly. Yeah, yeah. Just was kind of wondering. Uh, so, no, they haven't. They said Tyler and Sky both are game-time decisions. Appreciate the call, Jay. But, yeah, they said both of those guys are game-time decisions, so we don't know – I mean, we won't know if they're going to play until the team takes the, you know, takes the court tonight over at the Yum Center. So, uh, yeah, man, I mean, like I said, lack of guards – Roster mismanagement, whatever you want to call it, it, it just stinks, man. Like, and then just losing, losing in general stinks. Now, I told you guys, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on like coaching search talk because we do currently have, whether you won't believe it or not, and shout out to Jay, thanks for calling in. Uh, 8150 is the calling number. 8150 is the text in number. And I saw your text. Texter says, love the bumper music in the doors. One of my favorites. Yeah, the doors. I don't know too much about the doors. I just know the sample. <laughs> just being honest, I just love the sample, but I like the song. Now that I know the song, I listen to the song, but I didn't know before I actually heard, looked up who was the sample to the takeover. Now, I'm not going to do a whole lot of coaching search talk because I'm not going to do this for six weeks. Like, that's just stupid to me. But this week in particular was a big, big, big coaching search talk all over the Internet. X, formerly known as Twitter. These here airwaves, 680 airwaves. Just everybody was talking about coaches, 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 coaches. Everybody's favorite coach was either getting embarrassed Team's going through some struggles, or your team is thriving. So let's let's use for example Chris Beard. Chris Beard is the hottest topic, right? He's the hottest coaching candidate for all Louisville fans. And honestly, I'm a, I am surprised by how many Louisville fans, or at least I was surprised at first, by how many Louisville fans actually want Chris Beard. Now I I'm not gonna lay out why Chris Beard is controversial. I did a 13-minute video on my ex, my Twitter, at JLIGHT7, at J-L-I-G-H-T-S-Y, the number seven, on my Twitter. You can go there, and you've the full reason why Chris Beard is the most compelling, perplexing candidate in the history of big-time candidates, because he is a rock star as a basketball coach, but he has some baggage. And you can go look that up. Now, and essentially, he had a, a DV case He was arrested for domestic violence and the charges got dropped because the lady who originally accused him of it recanted on her statement and the D.A. didn't have enough evidence to charge him. So that's that's the nuts and bolts of it. Right. It's like this cliff notes. I I laid out the whole thing on my Twitter, but that's the cliff notes. And now just looking at him as a basketball coach at Texas Tech, he had him in the Elite Eight one year and then went to the national championship game at Texas freaking Tech the next year. Then he moves on to Texas and he has them in the Sweet 16. And then the next year, he has them number two in the country, seven and one at the time of his arrest. And he ends up getting fired with cause, by the way, because of the arrest. And now he's at Ole Miss and they're 18 and three. Ole Miss has been a bottom feeder of the SEC for essentially my entire life. And he's got them rolling. And I think because his track record of coaching 
in recruiting, by the way. He gets ballers. Like he brought in, came into Ole Miss and brought in eight or nine new guys via the transfer portal in high school, and he's got them rolling 18 and 3. Now, his history says that he can go somewhere like a Louisville, handle the job, and be immediately successful. Immediately successful. And I think that is the lure. Even with the baggage, because people here are so desperate for winning. Because it's not like, you know, Chris Mack or the Mike Pegues last year, you're doing that type of losing. Like, that type of losing at the time, I'm going to be honest with you guys, I thought that was the worst Louisville would ever look. I said, yo, we're going to get us a coach, and we will never have a season where we only win 13 games. We will never have a season where we have to pull stunts and gimmicks and tricks to get people to fill in the Yum Center, like $20 for two tickets. I remember me and my dad went, $20 for two tickets, and, and Russ Smith retirement jerseys, and all of this stuff. I was like, we'll never... Have a season like this ever again. And over the course of the next two years, we had 13 wins that year. I thought that was the worst Louisville basketball team I'd ever seen until the very next year when you had four wins. And up until this season, we're in February of this season, you only have six wins. So you're talking about 10 wins in two years versus 13 wins in one year. And I thought that was the worst we would ever be. And so because of that, the the what is taking place here in this place over the last two years is why people are so enamored with Chris Beard. Even with the baggage, I don't think the the love for Chris Beard was this high at the beginning of the year, even because he had all of those same things, all the same baggage. And people were still like, eh, you know, I'm good on that. But now they're seeing him do work in Miss uh, Ole Miss and he's 18 and three. And they're like, OK, the guy won it, had Texas Tech in the championship game, had Texas top, you know, a top recruiting class number two in the nation now he's at Ole Miss and they're 18 and three and they just uh, got a commitment from either a high four or, or a five star depending on what recruiting site you were yeah yeah I want some of that I, I want I want some of that I want to see how that works I want to I want to see what that looks like and what a cardinal bird on his chest because they're so desperate to win this is why losing stinks that's why losing stinks you've got Mark Blankenbaker with a megaphone keep saying my moral compass is set to winning I don't really agree with that but I also see why people are so enamored with Chris Beard. I also see why people want the Beard thing to happen so bad. And then when you look at the other candidates, the other big name candidates, the Jerome Tang, they're struggling this year. Kansas State is struggling. They might not make the tournament. They went to Elite Eight. They beat Kentucky last year. But his best player, because of the school, got put off the team before the season started. And now they hit a, a little bit of a skid. Then you have... Musselman, and they're a complete disaster. He's always recruited well, and he's been two straight Elite Eights. He's put a bunch of guys in the NBA, but they're just, there's a big old mess happening in Arkansas. If, you, if you're a rumor mill person, you, you can read on those rumors all you want. There's a mess down there. And it looks like he wants out, but it's hard to justify a guy that's under 500 right now, right at 500. And then the, the, the other candidate, whether you want to add him as the fourth candidate or not, is Mick Cronin. And McCronin, one, he just has a $16 million buyout that just looks nasty. And two, his team is struggling. Now, they're, they've won four out of the last five. They won four out of the last five, but that doesn't take away the fact that they're just right at 500 as well. And he has a $16 million buyout. It's just it's just hard to ignore. Just can't ignore $16 million. Y'all talking about saving $2 million on Kenny <laughs> waiting to April 1st. How you going to swallow that $16 million buyout on McCronin? That don't even sound realistic. And then, of course, there's the Scott Drew angle. But how realistic is Scott Drew? So these are the things that are floating out there. Just to give my opinion, you know, 
I'm always of the nature of innocent until proven guilty. That's just how I roll, you know. And here's the thing. I heard Andy Sweeney say this on Striebel yesterday, or on Thursday when he comes on. He's like, if they hire Chris Beard, what you going to do? You going to protest the games? You going to protest the games? Because one thing we know about Chris Beard, there will be some people that protest or whatever, say they're not going to go, say they're not going to renew their season tickets. Yeah, I get that. But what happens if he has Louisville at 18-3? and three? You still going to protest? What happens when, when they go beat UK or they go beat a North Carolina or Duke at home or even on the road? Uh, I think them protests might might <laughs> I think they might simmer down if Louisville was eighteen and three, as, uh, or or fourteen and six versus six and fourteen. You know what I mean? Like I, I think I think the losing has just made and people have become numb. Some of you guys have become numb to the losing, and that is where we don't want to be. We don't want to live in the space in the area in a space time continuum where losing is accepted and we become numb to that. And so therefore, you know, I'm I'm gonna root for whoever the coach is, and I like the decision or whatever. But I believe in Josh. I believe in the athletic department organization. They're going to get it right because they have to. They have to. When you hear the sweet sounds of Larry June, it means it is time to go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Victory Formation Sports Show each and every single Saturday, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. right here on 93.9 The View. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at JLighty7. That's at J-L-I-G-H-T-S-Y. The number seven to Jeff Houston, James Black, and all of you at home. Thank you guys for tuning in, and we will see you next time. Peace.